Okay, hello. I'm here with my neighbor, Julie Cochran. Um, so, Julie, what is your background and how did you get to your position? Um, so, I am a special education teacher. My technical title is an intervention specialist, mild to moderate. Um, I went to Bowling Green State University and that's how I got um, my four-year bachelor's degree for teaching and then I also have um, a K-12 reading endorsement for working with teaching kids how to read specifically. Nice. Um, how many people do you assist or help on a daily basis? So the state of Ohio um, caps you off at 16 kids per caseload and I work in Brunswick and it's a really big, big district so mm -hmm. I usually have 16 kids that I work with every year. <laughs> yeah. um, so what type of events are available to people with disabilities in your school district? Okay, so we do every single event or activity or like school function. It's obviously um, everybody's included, but it was kind of cool. Last year, our district, we hosted the Special Olympics for Medina County. However, because of COVID, yes. we couldn't end up hosting it. So we had like a virtual Special Olympics. Um, I mean, it was nice because we still got to do it. It just wasn't as big as normally we would do it yeah. because we are the largest school system in Medina County. So right. it could have been a lot bigger. Did you enjoy doing it in person more than you would enjoy doing it like over yeah. the Zoom type of thing? Yeah, just because you need that interaction with the kids and a lot of the kids need to know like the structure and it's hard when parents are right there. Not that they're not supportive, but they don't know always the best way to like handle certain situations and it's not as fun when you can't see the kids running and playing. Right. Um, so how much funding is available for your program if you have any? Or okay, so every year... Um, we get, I think it's, I want to say 1500 but I could be wrong. It's either 1500 or 2500 So okay. it's $1,000 off. But yeah. um, we have three intervention specialists at our school. Or actually four, I'm sorry. Four intervention specialists, and we're allowed to divvy the money how we see fit. Um, so I work with kids with more <laughs> mild to moderate learning disabilities. Um, so I buy a lot of, like, foundational reading skills and math skills. But then we also have a more moderate to intensive unit, which they work with like real life skills, so like money, um, taking the kids to like a grocery store just because they have more intellectual disabilities. Right. And we're allowed to divvy the money how we want. And also we like to get a lot of manipulatives or just like dry erase board markers, stuff mm -hmm. that you just go through on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, so when you guys did the Special Olympics, how much promotion is there for your program and the services with people of disabilities? There was a lot of promotion. So I was not on the team um, because it was more controlled by the high school because that's where it took place at. However, K-12 to was all invited. Um, they did a lot of promotion. They did promotion through Facebook. We always got emails about it. Um, just all social media it was presented to. So right. we had tons a promotion and would have been a huge event yeah. but because of COVID. And do you think social media has had like an impact on yes. making it easier to promote things like this? Yes. And just, just to kind of stop the stigma because like a lot of times like you see a child with a disability and you know you kind of think the worst because you don't see it a lot right. but when you see it on social media and you see how you know, they're participating in everyday things and how far people with disabilities have come and what they can really do. And it just becomes, it's not as stigmatized as you would think. It, right. it just becomes like part of 
you know, everybody's normal day and it's great to promote what they can do rather than what they can't do and social media is a great platform for that. Yes, so um, what kind of community support do you have for your programs? Okay, we have a lot of community support. So we have, it's called the Brunswick Mentor Parents. So what that is, it's, it's a group of parents that all have students on IEPs. So it, it could be something as like, you know, simple as a child with a learning disability with a typical IQ, but it could be some, a kid who also has, um, like is medically fragile, you know, with cerebral palsy and a wheelchair, can't talk kind of thing. So all those parents get together. And what's cool about it is that when we have an IEP meeting, we always give the parents um, an, a parent advocate if they would like that. So a parent advocate can sit in on the meeting just as another person that, you know, has a child with a disability and can kind of advocate for that family and the services that they think, you know, from the family standpoint. Right. Because, you know, I, personally, I don't have any, I'm, I'm pregnant, but I don't have any children yet and I don't have any children with disabilities. So, we kind of see it from the school perspective, but the family can see it from their perspective and like they can help, you know, because I'm in elementary especially, yes. they can help mentor a younger parent right. with the child with a disability um, to see, you know, what things should go in their IEP and to really advocate for them on that standpoint. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so what access do you have to facilities, equipment, grounds for sports events and activities? So we have all that access. Our PE teacher is really good. So I'm more the mild to moderate. So I deal with kids with normal IQs um, just, they just have learning disabilities. Yes. So I, I'm not really in the whole moderate to intensive kind of disabilities. However, our PE teacher differentiates for all the kids. So he even takes over the kids that have like the wheelchairs and you know the medically fragile kids and he kind of um, creates activities that work for them. Um, so I guess if like we would need anything for one of our kids, we could ask him. And then we also have a person throughout our district, I forgot what his technical title is, but it's basically like a specialized PE guy who kind yeah. of instructs everybody of like what activities they can do and like gives you suggestions. Yeah. But I've never worked with those kind of kids, but I see it happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so what are some general barriers you face with running your program? Um... I guess a big barrier is the, the varying levels of kids I work with. Yes. So um, some of my kids are really close to grade level. They just need a little bit of support, but they're like right there. They're very close. Uh, but then I also have kids with a normal IQ that are, are in fourth and fifth grade that are on a kindergarten or first grade reading level. Wow. Just because their memory, their working memory and their processing speed is so low that although they have typical IQ, it's just the reading is the biggest barrier because of those right. differences within their subtests. Um, so it's really hard to support kids that are right there that just need a little bit of help and the kids that are so far away right. and then making the time to help everybody because you don't want to forget about the kids that are right there, but then you have kids that really need more help and there's only one of me. Right. So that's hard. Yes. Um, can you share one success story of how your program has made a difference in someone's life and especially how sports was the center of the story? <sighs> okay, well, so like I said, I'm more of a mild to moderate special education teacher. However, during the Special Olympics, we created this, our elementary school called Kidder Elementary. So we created Kidder Communities. So the whole school is broken up into little communities and then we all like 
got one of our kids in the more moderate to intensive units to cheer on for the Special Olympics, and we created a whole Aww. team based around them. So our little boy, his name was Lucas. He's in first grade. However, he's nonverbal cerebral palsy. Um, but we got to do a lot of the stuff before COVID hit. So like we had a pet rally for him, and he was so excited and. Um, just having him come out in his wheelchair and seeing like everybody's support for him and even though he was like our kid the whole you know everybody was clapping right. for him and everybody was so excited for our special ed right students to participate um so even though it wasn't like academic support um just like the inclusion yeah and and um just seeing the difference that it made for him right mm-hmm. thank you all right